Welcome to Lightbridge Living Book, the podcast where we hear the stories of our students, staff, and faculty and get to know each other a little better. So sit back, relax, and listen to the stories that make our lightning family spark. Welcome back, Lightning. So excited to have you guys with us again. It's a new year and it's time for a new episode of Light Ridge Living Book. So today I have joining me Mrs. Alex Case, who is our IFT at Light Ridge. Welcome, Ms. Case. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So we're just going to jump right in and start with what is your why or what led you to Light Ridge? So I've been teaching for about 10, a little over 10 years, actually. I've always been um, angry with just like grades in general. And when I heard the mission and vision of Lightridge, which is to develop the student and to really focus in on what students are interested in versus like, hey, let's learn chemistry, which is what I taught. And, you know, it not having any use after if they're not going to be a chemist or a doctor or whatever you might use it for. Um, Kind of personalizing school to whatever your interests are instead of just doing it because it's in the standards and you have to do it. So that's what brought me to Lightridge because Dr. Hitchman made it very clear that he wants people to enjoy coming to Lightridge, both students and staff. He wants Lightridge to be a place where the community can come and learn. Um, That I think is like super cool. I also wanted to get back to coaching uh, because I coach softball. Come on out for the softball team, everybody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a spring sport. So I wanted to get back to coaching because I stopped once uh, my daughter was coming and uh, I missed it. And then she's at an age where she can enjoy coming to games and practices and things like that. So that's a lot of why. That's a lot of <laughs> What led you to change from uh, teaching chemistry into the IFT role? So I started at a high school level and then I went to middle school where I was teaching chemistry and physical science, which is like basic physics like algebra-based physics, and I found myself using technology a lot for lessons to increase engagement and also to um, provide accessibility to my students. I taught in middle school at a school primarily with students from El Salvador and Honduras, and so a lot of what I was teaching was very difficult for them to understand because they've been in the country for like, say, two weeks, two months, Um, and they might not necessarily learn the language. Um, A lot of them couldn't read in their own language. A lot of them couldn't um, like write in their own language. So finding things that made chemistry interesting, but also accessible to them. Mm -hmm. um, So that, you know, they started to have a love for school. Some of them did not have very good school experiences in their home countries um, and just kind of developing that over time. So I was kind of like the tech rock star at my school. That's what they used to call me. 
And then I went to um, Google conferences and I would present on things that I had done. And then I was just like, I really want to teach teachers how to do this. So it's not just my class that kids are coming to to experience all this cool stuff. Yeah. 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 That's cool. <laughs> Uh, what are some of the most important lessons you've learned in life? So my mantra for my life is to control the controllables. So I wouldn't say that I've learned this lesson. I'll say that I'm like working every day really hard to remember that because mm-hmm. you you can't fix or strategically plan anything that you can't control. Um, and I really didn't like, I would always say that in college and I didn't really get it until I graduated and was like an adult in the real world for like two years. And I also don't think it's something that you can just say over and over again and learn it. Like you have to live it. Right. It's in practice. Exactly. Yep. That's what, so one of my ones that was a professor in grad school always said completion, not perfection. And we were the right class to say that too. I mean, it was a class of library students. We're all, you know, overachievers and very type A and doing, and it has to be perfect and it has to be perfect and all working other jobs and multitasking, doing all this stuff. And she's like, I completion, not perfection. It's okay sometimes just to complete it and have it not be perfect. And so that's mine that I say to myself. And then I say, but no, some things have to be perfect. But some things can just be completed and don't have to be perfect. (laughs) And that is why I say I am still growing with this. Um, I sometimes catch myself like, I don't know, trying to fix things around me to like give other options of how it could be done, maybe a little simpler. But then I realize like not everybody has the same brain as you. Right. Right. Tell me about your first job that you ever had. All right. Well, my first job, I was a forklift operator at a company called UPS Freight, which used to be called Overnight Transportation. My mom has worked there since like before I was born, she just recently retired. Um, But forklift operating was really cool. Um, I got that job when I was in college because when I was in high school, my mom said, your job is school and athletics. And as long as you focus on those and do well with those, then you don't need to get a job. And we were fortunate enough to be financially stable to allow that to be a thing. So um, then, in college, I had to get a job, but I wanted a job that would like help me with softball because I played softball in college. Um, and this was like super, very, very, very strenuous work. <laughs> like I didn't have to lift weights. I didn't have to go to the gym. Like, yeah, I was driving a forklift, but like it, you still have to do regular boxes and stuff it's like playing tetris in the back of a tractor trailer um like one one thing that we shipped was starbucks so we didn't ship the product itself but like you know those glass cases that are in starbucks so when a new starbucks was being built all the stuff went through our our um docks so i had to pick it up and put it into this thing like tetris 
but a lot of times it would come off the palate, so you had to like physically pick it up and like move it and shimmy yeah. it. Yeah, because the forklift just has too much oomph behind it, and you're gonna break the palate or you're gonna break the product or whatever. Um, and so that was really nice for my for my strength and conditioning. <laughs> and it also was cool because I got to learn um, through a lens that I've never looked through before. Like I was going to school at the time to be a nurse, but I'd always wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I, I had never really thought through that lens of, that was like the hardest job ever, by the way. Like super hard. <laughs> I would go home and I like looked like a coal miner because I was just like covered in soot and sweat. Oh, the other part was that it was summertime. So the dock is like an enclosed space without air conditioning or heat or anything. The forklifts run on propane. So imagine like a grill being on. Right. On it, like, well, like 10 grills being on because there's like 10 forklift operators and it's just like blowing out the hot air in this enclosed space. It's summer. Oh, and there's a water treatment facility that smells like sewage right next door. So when the wind blows just perfectly, it smells ripe. <laughs> That's the perfect storm. <laughs> it's, it's just great. Um, so yeah, I got, I got a different perspective. Um, really learned what hard work was. And the next summer I worked for the same company, but they hired me as a admin. So, but I kind of like the forklift job better. <laughs> That's so fun. Finish up, we of course are going to talk about my two favorite questions, which right. are, what are you currently reading or what is your favorite book? All right, I'll answer both. So, Full disclosure, I'm not a huge reader. I usually uh, was an audiobook listener um, mm -hmm. because when I worked at Rockridge, it was an hour long drive from my house. And so <laughs> the audiobooks really were good for me. Um, I think in reality, I like to listen to books while reading. It's kind of yes. like you're reading to me, which is nice. Um, so, but what I'm currently reading, I'm only like two pages in because it's been a busy year a little bit, little bit. Um, but I, I do want to continue reading. I also have a, like a six-year-old, so yeah. <laughs> we're also doing school at home for that. Um, so I'm reading Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Acho. So I originally got the book because he has like a YouTube series. Um, where he has all of these uncomfortable conversations. And I just like the focus on equity, but also that it's you have to have uncomfortable conversations in order to get to understanding, right? right. Um, and I like that about the book. Um, I, I know that it goes a little bit deeper than the YouTube series. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, my favorite book is one that I listened to via audiobook, and I believe it's historical fiction. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's by Kristen Hanna, and it's called The Nightingale. I 
love that book. I yes. listened to it. It took me a week to quote unquote read it. Yes. Yes. Is it historical fiction? Am I it's right? Historical fiction. Yes, yes. you're right. Yeah, she's great. She actually just is just coming out with a new book right now. And the title is escaping me. But like last month or this month, she has a new one coming out. Kristen Hanna. She's a great author. Then I will probably have to read it. I know she has other titles. I have not read her other titles. Um, yeah, I, I am not like a super avid reader because it wasn't um, what cultivated when I was a kid. Right. <laughs> And not yeah. everybody is, but I still count. I count listening to books as reading books. I know not everybody does, but I do. I Of the books that I read, I probably listen to half of them. Uh, and then half are ones that I'm physically reading, but the print on a page. But yeah, I think you're still, you get the story, you get all the things of it. Like it still counts. Totally still yeah. counts. Well, and it's really interesting is when the author actually reads it, you get like the intonation that they intended. And... That's really nice. I like that part of it because, you know, text isn't always clear. Granted, you can use your imagination a little bit more, but we've already discussed that you are the creative mind, not me. So <laughs> maybe that's why I don't have a creative mind because I didn't actually read and imagine books. Oh my gosh, it's all coming together. Maybe it's all that coming together. Get. Yes. <laughs> I really like the anytime I read uh, like a biography or an autobiography or a memoir, I almost always try to get those in the audiobooks because it's usually read by the person. So not only is it like how they meant it to be, but it's like their story and it feels more like a conversation to me then. Like they're telling me about their life that's like in their voice in my head. So that's what I always, I always enjoy those books. So I actually did read, I like reading memoirs, but by people who like aren't. I don't know. Lauren Graham, she is like the Lorelai and the Gilmore Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all of her books, and I actually physically read them. Like, okay. I didn't listen to them. <laughs> um, but that's just because I identify with Gilmore Girls so much. It's like, a, I don't know, it's the cult favorite yeah. of our time. Yeah. Uh, so, and then lastly, what is your favorite place you've ever visited or what is number one on your travel bucket list? I'll answer both. So, <laughs> um, between sixth and seventh grade, I went to Australia and with people to people, student ambassadors, highly recommend it. Um, we went and visited like Nicole Kidman's elementary school, ate Vegemite all the fun things, <laughs> um, played didgeridoo, did Aboriginal dances, like super cool stuff. I didn't get killed by a spider, which is a perk. Um, did you I, see a kangaroo? Uh, I'm sorry. Did you see a kangaroo? Oh yeah. You get to like feed them and pet them and all the things. Uh, I went to like an, I think it was a, it was alligator or crocodile. I forget which one, but it's like a zoo or a, I'm not sure. They, it's like a farm, an alligator crocodile farm, and you eat like the the chowder, and it tastes like chicken. So, um, like, really does taste like chicken. But it was a place that was visited on road rules, and I know the kids are going to have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I really liked MTV road rules when I was a kid, and so like to be able to go there was like, oh, I recognize this place, and right, what they did. Anyway, um, 
And then, yeah, so if you don't know what Road Rules is, I highly recommend going and Googling it. <laughs> um, but then we ate ostrich. There was something else weird that we ate that I was, oh, I think we ate kangaroo. Oh, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, ostrich was like kind of like duck. It was very greasy. Okay. Yeah, so, eh. It, I mean, I, I'm always willing to try new things. I would like to visit, I should have gone to New Zealand, but like the Great Barrier Reef part of that trip was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately now if I were to go, it probably wouldn't look the same because it's all like bleached out. Right. Um, but I think where I want to go the most would be Iceland because of the Aurora Borealis, but people that live there don't really see it that often. So, you know, I'd have to be really, really lucky with my timing. With your timing. And that's what they say, that it's all about the timing. Right. I, yes, I've done lots of reading on that as well. It was oh, great in too. the first episode, listening to Dr. Hitchman tell his story about when they did, they got to catch them. They they actually saw them, but. You want to go on that, a He was saying trip? that when they saw it, that they like, they only saw wisps in the sky and it came up more in their pictures. So even like half the time when you do get to see it, it's still just in the pictures that are better. Oh, but yeah, no, I'm in double trip. Yeah. Double trip. Let's do it. Go Northern lights hunting. Yes. Light Ridge. Northern lights. Light Ridge, Northern lights. <laughs> yeah. Trip. Light Ridge lights trip. <laughs> it's a plan. I'm in. Need to get my passport. <laughs> I let yeah. it lapse. You need to have a passport to go to Iceland. I, I yeah. realize this. Yeah. But I'm not like super excited to go to the post office right now to get my picture taken. So you should look at local libraries. A lot of local libraries will do all of it for you. I know for a fact that the library in Bull Run in Prince William County has, they have, it's like Passport Tuesday nights. They're there for like two hours. They do all of your passport stuff for you there. And there's almost never a line. Well, yeah, because no one knows about it. Thank Correct. you for telling me that. Yeah. I wonder if the Gainesville Haymarket Library has it, because that is on my way to school. That would be cool. They might. Yeah, you have to look it up. I, I'm almost positive it was Bull Run was the one that I know I saw it at, but there might be other ones, too. So Good check out that. your libraries. Check them out. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today and sharing things about yourself with our Light Ridge community. And uh, yeah, join us again and hopefully next week talking with Mr. Treon or Coach Schmidt. A very special thank you to Miss Case for being my guest today. Credit to Anchor FM and Storyblocks for audio. We want to hear from you. If you're willing to have a brief in-person interview or socially distance via Google Meet, please reach out to Amy Ivory. Stay tuned for a new episode coming soon. Thanks for listening.